Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, and today we're gonna we got a double whammy on this midweek mini episode. We're gonna talk about building confidence and addressing conflict with family or in-laws. Oh <laughs> man, oh man, what a tough one! Uh, so this actually came uh, out of an Instagram question. So uh, just so you know. These midweek mini episodes are now going to be all about me answering your questions, whatever questions you have. So every week uh, through the Man Talks community, through my personal profile and through uh, the Man Talks Instagram, I'm going to put out a poll to say what questions do you want me to answer this week? What what queries can I uh, address? And so the two questions that I've uh, incorporated for this midweek mini episode is how do you build confidence? That was the first one. And the second one is what is a man's role when there's tension between his partner and in-laws? Whew, that is no joke. And, um, you know, so when you read in-laws, you can you can use in-laws or family. So maybe you don't have in-laws yet, but you definitely have family. And sometimes we have conflict with family. So the reason why I put these two things together is that it takes an immense amount of confidence to actually address some of these situations with family or some of the conflict with in-laws. Uh, and it can be a very delicate situation because people can take it uh, take it personally. So where do we start? Well, first we need to start with how do we define confidence and how do we actually build confidence and the fastest single fastest most effective way that i have found is by looking at your inauthenticities and being more congruent being more aligned with your authentic self now that has been thrown around a lot that word authenticity has been thrown around a lot and it's kind of become this like milk toast watered down crappy word that people immediately write off. You know, it's like the inspirational quote that you have written on a sticky note on your computer or above your desk that has been there that you haven't looked at for weeks because you just take it for advantage. Uh, By the way, go look at that. (laughs) But, um, you know, authenticity is the key to confidence because authenticity is about owning what is true for you. So the way that I break this down is that inauthenticities, inauthenticities are lies. They are manipulations. They are untruths. They are distortions of reality. Inauthenticities, when we are being inauthentic, we are not bringing a part of ourselves forward. We're not honoring a part of ourselves. We're not setting a boundary on a part of ourselves or communicating something that's important to us. We are withholding the truth in some capacity. And usually as men, the biggest way that we are inauthentic with people in our lives is by pretending, by pretending that we need to be inauthentic to protect someone else. Now, I'm going to say that again. We, be, we are inauthentic when we believe that we are protecting someone else. And so we lie, we cheat, we manipulate, we are, you know, abuse or abandon or stonewall or whatever the case may be, whatever the behavior may be. We shut down in some capacity and become inauthentic. And that diminishes our sense of confidence. It diminishes our sense of authenticity. Because to be authentic, to speak our truth, to own what is real for us, to own the parts of ourselves that have been destructive in our relationship, that have held us back in our career, in the areas where we've played small and allowed life to impose its will upon us, where we have broken down and and felt broken, 
to own those pieces and to be able to speak those confidently is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And just so you know, I wanted to define confidence for you because so many people don't actually have a reference for what that is. So confidence is defined as the feeling uh, or belief that one can have faith in or rely on someone or something. So the feeling or belief that one can have faith in or rely on someone or something. So that's what confidence is. So confidence is having faith that you can rely on yourself, that you can rely on your own ability to honor your truth, to honor your authentic self, to see the man or the woman that you know you are capable of being, and then to take steps towards that, to have faith that you will do what it takes in order to actually accomplish that, whether it's a goal, whether it's a way of being, whether it's uh, a relationship or a type of communication that you want to have with your partner, that is what confidence actually is. And what it requires of you is to know where you're being inauthentic and to know how to take a step towards being more authentic by speaking your truth. A perfect example of this is I showed up at a coffee shop the other day. Uh, the barista behind the counter, I was having a bad day. I was grumpy. Uh, and, and the barista behind the counter said, how are you doing today? And uh, I said, really shitty, actually. Really, really shitty. I'm not having a good day. I'm not happy. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things that are just not working right now. And I'm freaking frustrated. How are you? And he was really taken aback for a second. He was like, you know what? I appreciate your honesty, man. He's like, I, I'm having an okay day, but for like the last week and a half, I've really been struggling. And he proceeded to tell me some of the challenges that he'd been facing in his life, some of the struggles that he'd been having in his relationship. And we had a great conversation. And because of that authenticity, I built connection with somebody. I built a, a sense of confidence. I felt better because I was able to have a real conversation with somebody rather than just saying, yeah, I feel fine getting my coffee and then walking out of the store. And I was able to speak my truth in a setting where most people would feel embarrassed or ashamed or they would restrict themselves from actually honoring where they're at and what they were feeling. So how does this tie into addressing conflict with our family or our in-laws? Well, I first want to address how do we address conflict with our in-laws, right? Because the question is, what's a man's role when there is tension between his partner and in-laws? Well, first, first things first is that you need to deal with your family issues first, all right? So the tendency that people have is to ignore their own family issues and focus on their partner's family issues. And I see this a lot with clients, right? They'll have a dysfunctional family system, um, but they'll be focusing most of their energy, efforts, and attention, and complaints, and criticisms on their partner's family. So it's always easier to give advice, right? It's always easier to give your partner advice on how they should be handling a family situation, but it's really freaking hard to take your own medicine. So this is where you actually need to start. If you're one of the people that's out there listening to this and you are constantly criticizing your partner uh, for their you know, family relationships and the dysfunction that they have with their parents or you know, the challenge that they have with their brother or their sister, look at your own family first. Look at the imperfections in your own family. Look at the conversations that you're avoiding with your own family and start to have those conversations first. Why? Because it will, one, give you confidence, and two, it'll build trust with your partner that you are capable of having those conversations with their family as well. And this is the power that, that people are looking for. This is the type of accountability that people are looking for. 
I can't help my fiance's in-laws, my fi- sorry, my fiance's family. I can't, I don't have credibility to go in and speak with them if I'm not addressing my own family issues. So that's step number one. Step number two is to get uncomfortable. Look, speaking <laughs> speaking the truth is not easy. Uh, it's, it's, it's especially uncomfortable and it's incredibly uncomfortable when it comes to most of the time with our family, people that we love and care about. And really uncomfortable with our in-laws because, let's face it, we want them to like us. We want them to be a part of our lives most of the time unless they're incredibly dysfunctional. Um, But most men have been taught to really be agreeable, to be unconfrontational, or they have been taught to be incredibly confrontational, which leads them to being aggressive and leads them to communicate in ways with in-laws that are disrespectful and that create more conflict than, than, than is actually needed. So when it comes to actually addressing a conflict with partners or parents or family or family to be, the agreeable and unconfrontational man is very uncomfortable with having those conversations and will oftentimes avoid the type of conversations that he knows he needs to have. So addressing this means that you're going to get uncomfortable. It means you're going to get uncomfortable comfortable. And that is okay. Play at your edge. Start to expand. If you are comfortable and and you're just avoiding all of the conversations that you know you need to have, um, you're going to feel stagnant. You're going to feel like there's parts of your life that aren't good enough that you know you need to address and what it's going to require is for you to get uncomfortable. Step number three is use relatable statements. Do not do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not give advice. Do not give advice. Please do not give your family members advice unless they specifically ask for it. Do not give your, your parent-in-laws, your family-in-laws advice unless they specifically ask for it. And even then, I would caution against it. So this is the number one trap that most men fall into when dealing with in-laws, with family, with partners especially, and with uncomfortable situations. I have seen more men get uncomfortable and start to give advice than anything else in the world. They, they, we, Look, let's face it, guys. We want to fix shit. If the car is broken, we want to fix it. If the relationship's broken, we want to fix it. If the family isn't functioning properly, we want to fix it. But that's not going to happen through advice. So speak with statements like, the impact of that on me is, or the impact of that on us is, or when this happens, I feel X, or when this happens, we feel X. Those types of statements are incredibly relatable because it communicates a message from your side without giving advice. Now, the other thing that you can do is solicit their experience. And you can ask questions like, how does that land for you? Or how does that feel? Or uh, do you want something different in in this relationship? Sometimes those types of questions, 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 questions are incredibly important. Number four, when dealing with your family or when dealing with your partner's family, speak for yourself and not for your partner. This is imperative. It's a tough one, but it's in, it's incredibly imperative. Do not speak for your partner. Speak for yourself and speak for your relationship. When you overstep the boundary of speaking for your partner, it diminishes their worth. It diminishes their capacity. It, it makes them small. 
it diminishes, you're stealing their confidence in that moment when you speak for them. And a lot of the times people are speaking for their partner because they don't believe that their partner can speak for themselves. That's one part. And the second part is that they speak for their partner because they don't want to speak for themselves because it is always easier to tell someone that your partner is upset with them than it is to say that you're upset with them. And so it offloads some of the uncomfortability. Ah, back to number two. So speak for yourself and not for your partner. And finally, number five, get value-based commitments. Value-based commitments. I'm going to explain this here just in a quick second, but change happens when people have a reason to avoid pain or move towards pleasure. And getting commitments based on someone's values can really help do both. So what this actually means in in a real life situation is that oftentimes people are trying to get commitments from family members or from partners that have nothing to do with values, right? It's like, I, I want you to commit to calling me, you know, every day at this time. Uh, and, and that's what I want from you. That's not necessarily linked to a value. That's just, I want you to commit to this because I said so. But when we can say, hey, we really value connection and communication in this relationship. And something that's really important to me is that we have a conversation on a daily basis when you're away, or we have a conversation on a weekly basis if you're communicating with your family, um, because we live far apart. And I would like that because I value communication. I value conversation with you and connection with you. Is that something that you value as well? And hopefully their answer is going to be yes. And then you can say, great, can we both commit to that? Because I'm committed to it for sure. And then hopefully they'll say yes. And then you have a value-based commitment that people are far more likely to lean into than they are if if they feel like they have been forced to commit to something simply because it's what you want or what you expect of them, et cetera, et cetera. So my biggest ask from all of this is that you take away, because I just unpacked a whole bunch of things about confidence, dealing with family, dealing with uh, with in-laws. My ask and my challenge for you is to take one thing, one thing from this podcast and implement it immediately. That might be dealing with your family first and looking at your own family situation before looking at your in-laws. It might be having one uncomfortable conversation every day for the next seven days with family members or partner or family in-law. It might be using relatable statements rather than giving advice and just noticing over the course of the next seven days where you would normally insert advice and shift to uh, you know, validating and asking more questions. It might be speaking for yourself rather than speaking for your partner. And you might see this actually show up in relationship with your partner. And it, it might be getting value-based commitments. But whatever it is, I want you to choose one thing, just one actionable thing that you can commit to for the next five to seven days. Start small and start to implement it. And you'll start to notice that by doing this, by actually committing to this, your confidence will naturally improve. Your ability to deal with these uncomfortable conversations. Tim Ferriss, by the way, says, your success is dictated by the number of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. And that is so, so, so true. So 
That's what I have for you today. Please man it forward. Share this podcast episode with your partner. Share it with a friend. Share it with a family member because everybody needs to hear this one. Uh, And I wish you all the best in your uncomfortable conversations this week. Until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.